Cannabis Pro, and so we roll Using procurement, program and control As a small biz pro, and so we grow Using procurement, program and control I'm a businessman, yes I'm an entrepreneur Oh yeah, I'm a businessman, yes I'm an entrepreneur Oh yeah, I'm a businessman, yes I'm an entrepreneur Good afternoon, everyone. This is The Business Zone with... Crystal. And Coach Gilbert Buchanan, your small business paramedic. And today, folks, we're going to have an amazing show. I have a very special guest here who happened to play in the same play, playing field that we do. So we're going to have some fun with him today. He's going to tell us a lot about business, business coaching. He's going to tell us about financing. But... In the meantime, and in between time, I want to introduce you and have a conversation with my co-host. So, Crystal, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. It's glad it's Friday. <clears throat> Got here quick. <laughs> <laughs> don't you wish? Don't you wish every other day was Friday? Yeah, <laughs> I, I know. I know. I know. Well, you know, you don't want me to go back into. Uh, uh, I'm just now coming on the other side of vacation mode. <laughs> <laughs> it's been taking me a little minute, minute to uh, readjust to uh, uh, working and and being at the beck and hawk call of clients. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. So part of what we're going to be looking at today, the road to minority-owned and women-owned business certification. We're also going to talk about you know, you guys need some funding. You need to get a line of credit to get some funding to fund your business and fund your projects. But before we do that, folks, we want to thank you all for tuning into the Business Zone. We know you could be somewhere else doing whatever else you want to do, but you choose to spend some time with us today from 3 to 4.30 to talk about small business concerns, small business issues, small business information. And in the meantime, you'll also get some advice and coaching information from us so if you don't know how to get a hold of us we're on three live streams right now we're on youtube we're on facebook and we're also on linkedin live 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 so if you guys are just logging in if you found us by accident guys then <laughs> you know for sure that you you can just go ahead and hit that subscribe button now my co-host will tell you how to do it all righty. We're also uh, streaming live right at this present moment at Twitter, too. All right. Uh, yeah. So we're, hey, Twitter. We're, <laughs> or, or whatever it's called today. Uh, so you, it is no issue for you to find us. Just go onto your social media and pull up the business zone, and we will populate somewhere out there in the business world. Um, but if you really want to know how to stay connected with us, you just need to go over to our YouTube channel and hit our subscribe button and make sure you subscribe. We're finally at $4.99. So if anybody goes out there and hits that button right now, you'll finally get us to $500. And, and guess we guess what, guys? Whoever, whoever hits that, that button that takes us over the 500 marker, I promise you, I will gift you my my platform, my small business <laughs> compliance platform. I'll gift it to you for free for a whole year. <laughs> if you guys go ahead and hit the subscribe button right now, take us over that 500 up. 
All right. It's just amazing to me that it's so difficult for that to happen. I subscribe to everybody, especially things that I'm interested in, because it doesn't cost me. It's, it's as our friend Greg says, it's F-R-E free. It's free 99. Okay. <laughs> so all you guys got to do, man, is go there, hit that subscribe button. You know, I think I think what's making them hesitate is because they hear the name the word subscribe and subscribe usually means you gotta give something gotta give money so we don't want you if you want to follow us guys just go ahead and follow hit that button and it will convert into a follow okay you don't have to pay anything <laughs> true that true that true that so, so we're not asking you so and it, you can actually take a picture of that qr code right now and it'll take you right over to our subscription uh, right over to our youtube channel and hit that but you can also google the business zone with crystal and gilbert and we will populate that's right and, and also if you've never heard of the business business zone before you're going hey what is this show is business zone what is this about well as far as we're concerned, the Business Zone is the number one small business advice and coaching platform in Southern California. Anything you need to know about small business, that's what we do for you. We provide you that information. And if you want to come on to the show and be a guest, talk about your product, talk about your service, and talk about your company so the world gets to know and hear about you, then this is a great platform to come on. Later on, we'll put our website out there in the chat so you guys can access it, you can register, you can log in, and we'll even put our phone numbers so you guys can access us. But we are business coaches. We've been in the industry for over 50 years. I'll say <laughs> We'll, we've been in the industry for over 50 years combined. We'll just put it out there that way. And we're here to help you small businesses. We are small business advocates. We're small business coaches. We're small business counselors. And we provide you information that most of your professors at the university can confidently provide you guys because many of them are not business owners. We are business owners. We've been in the trenches. We've, been, we've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, and we can also help you guys. We're also seasoned professional in the public works contracting industry. So if you're looking to get minority certified, woman-owned certified, disadvantaged business, veteran-owned certified, you've come to the right place. We can guide you. We can show you. We can coach you and help you to get to that point in your business life cycle so you can become certified. And we absolutely love what we do. We actually love helping businesses. You know, for me, Gilbert, when I first started my business, you know, it was kind of a Lone Ranger kind of thing out there. We didn't, you know, if you had the resources that we have today, back yeah. 30 years ago when I started, I mean, there was a few here and there, but it was a hit and miss kind of thing. Yeah. But now there is no reason you cannot grow your business because right. there are so many amazing opportunities out there. Yeah. And most of our organizations that are out here uh, provide that, that re those resources for you. I know I coach at, um, uh, four or five uh, different organizations 
and uh, we provide we provide sources resources for you free. In mm -hmm. fact, if you go through them to get to us, you get us free. If you come to <laughs> us to get us, the only place you gonna get us free is right here at three o'clock. <laughs> you got you got to pay a few dollars ninety nine. Okay, <laughs> a few dollars ninety nine. To get so, our services. <laughs> yeah, so you should come to us here at three o'clock because you get us free. Other than that, we we go for market rate. <laughs> but um, and also, if you don't pay attention to the things we're we're providing you, we're coaching you, we're we're advising you on, then you may end up having to pay the stupid tax. <laughs> <laughs> And that stupid tax is not cheap, guys. It costs a lot, and it could it could be equivalent to double the price, triple the price, or you pay for a long time for learning for being right, stupid. Exactly. <laughs> but we're kind about it. We're kind about we're it. We're kind. <laughs> we'll be nice and kind to you, but we'll hit you with that stupid tax. Hey, welcome, Pat Patricia. Uh, Langford, one of our amazing participants, she's killing herself. She's laughing. She's going, you guys are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, today, it, you know, it, it, it could be much more costly for you not to uh, have an, a, a coach on the serious side, guys, uh, to yes. have a business coach to help you because there's so many nuances to doing business today. And so many of you are just coming back out, coming out of uh, uh, of. Uh, most of our businesses are coming away from the, the pandemic, which really set a lot of businesses back and, and some of them didn't make it. So I have to tell you, if you are still in business today and you made it past the, the pandemic, you are, you stand above the rest because yeah. that meant you were listening to somebody out there. Yeah. You've achieved a milestone there. You have, because a, a lot of businesses did not, but now we don't want to just survive. We want to prosper in the business. We want to dominate, guys. I want when you think about small, when you think about your small business in the marketplace, I want you to think about dominating, dominance, not just to survive or make a little dollar here to pay a bill and then next week you're out the grind again. No, I want you to think about dominating. Microsoft think about dominating. Look at them. A Apple. They think about dominating. Look at them. Amazon think about dominating. Look at them. You see what I'm saying, guys? You see where I'm going with this? You got to think about dominating. The next thing I want you to think about is if you get in trouble and you got to go to court, would you go to court without an attorney? Would you go by yourself to defend yourself? I don't think you would. So you not. need you don't need to pursue business without having a business coach like us. You know, Crystal and I, we've been in the business for multiple years and we've seen the good, the bad and the ugly. We understand what is it a small business need in order to get that dominance going. So you don't want to operate without a business coach, guys, just no, like you, you wouldn't really. operate without an attorney. Exactly. So Gilbert, how was your week this week? Oh man, my week was kind of crazy, man. <laughs> the, the the law is coming after me. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to tell me I need to go do jury duty. I don't want to do jury duty. Oh, <laughs> what's the problem? <laughs> man, they keep calling me, telling me I got to come do, uh, is it what is five or $10 a day? I got to do that. Ah. So, I, so I missed the bag, you know, I can't do that, man. 
And I told the, I told the, the court system, I said, listen, guys, I'm, I'm taking medication right now. And this medication <laughs> make me fall asleep. I can't, I can't do a jury trial when I'm falling asleep. <laughs> what am I going to vote on? <laughs> what am I going to vote on? <laughs> and they said, we don't care. I said, what? You want me on the jury stand without, you know, having the, the faculties of, of making good decisions? So well, one of the things that may happen, though, if you do go, uh, you probably show up for that first day. And then after that, you probably won't have to go any longer. So, well, I call them on the 27th. What was that Wednesday? I call uh -huh. them on the 27th. No, the day before that. I call them and I say, hey, you know, I need to know if I'm supposed to go. And so they said, uh, what's the number? What's your number? Your your pin number and all that ridiculous stuff. They said, oh, you're not you, you're not required to come in, sir, until. December. No. So I said, so I said, December. Okay, that's good. Next thing I know, I got a letter the next day. Hey, you got to be jury <laughs> service. I'm going, what the heck is this? Why do they keep changing their minds on me, man? So I'm kind of sick of that, man. So oh. I got, I got the jury, the jury duty mafia coming after me. Oh, so I guess you're going to have to show up, dude. You didn't piss them off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They, they told me they told me I got a, a failure to appear on my record. Oh, so yeah, so, I, so I, I I gotta go in front of uh, uh what they call it um uh, it's like a, a, a tribunal. I gotta go in front of a tribunal and defend myself. I'm like, <laughs> heck to the no. <laughs> yeah, you gonna you're gonna have to go and, and make amends because you obviously didn't upset some people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they're picking on me, man. There are 3 million people in Los Angeles. <laughs> 3 million. Why are they picking on me? <laughs> well, because you didn't, you didn't do your thing, I guess. <laughs> you didn't do what they wanted you to do. See, so. I, I try to do what I'm supposed to do. I try to be an upstanding citizen. I voted, and I did all of that. And that's what they got me from, that voting documentation that I did. I go, dang. There are people out there who don't even vote, and they don't get called. Right, exactly. <laughs> so go and do your go do your penance. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, man. <laughs> interesting case. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my week, man. How about your week? How was your week? Um, wow, my week uh, it sped on past. You know, it's uh, October sixteenth is that final deadline. For taxes. For, for taxes. Holy Lord. And so uh, people are um, lining up <laughs> <laughs> and, and panicking because it's right around the corner. <laughs> I guess I guess our guest probably has some stories on that, too, because he, he meets with, with clients, too, similar yeah, to us. So. So, so that's what I've been doing this week is helping folks uh, make sure that they uh, – and then a couple of people realize that um, – uh, the, the, uh, again, when we, we talked about this a little bit last week, uh, you know, when you, when you sign up and do your legal structure, your yeah. LLC, your yeah. S corps and your C corp, yeah. generally our businesses don't know what they're getting into. Uh -huh. they, they realized that for the S corps, they needed to do that in September. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> their deadline was September and uh, 15th. September and they got, 15th, right. They missed that deadline. Uh, so there you have it. <laughs> what can I say? Mm, Just, mm, mm. But that's why it's so important that you guys have consultants because they help yeah. you in this area. So that was mine. Yeah. So are you, did you have to do anything to... Um, for isn't it Hispanic Heritage Month? It's, yeah, it's Hispanic Heritage. I am. Um, they sent me uh, an, an an invitation, and because we had this ridiculous jury duty crap, I couldn't oh, participate okay. in it. It was a twenty seven and the twenty eighth. I couldn't participate. However, uh, as a procurement chair for the Hispanic Coalition of Small Business, we have our second annual Hispanic Heritage Awareness Month. Um, October 14th at the San Bernardino County Airport. It's going to be a great event. We're going to recognize a lot of female entrepreneurs. We're okay. also going to recognize a lot of the small businesses that I put through my uh, contract readiness training uh, program. Mm -hmm. So we're going to give them certificates and awards and all of that. We're going to have the mayor there, the mayor of San Bernardino. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're going to have the, the CEO of the airport. We're going to have um the director of the procurement program from the uh san bernardino county community college district you know all of those folks are going to be there so we're going to have a good old time man we're going to have a good old time okay so and i know uh now we have uh that you get uh the his uh i'm not quite sure why but they do they get a whole month and a half or well actually actually they're the month starts September fifteenth and it ends October fourteenth. So they oh, get a okay. they get a whole month, but it started in the middle of one month and ended in the middle of another. Well, it looks month. like it's, it's almost two months. Huh? Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's okay, kind of okay. I don't know who came up with that, but it's kind of crazy. But you know, it, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. Okay. Well, cool. Well, cool. Well, again, my my week was that's what my whole week was about was tax uh, getting folks ready for tax and I and I taught a couple of classes. I taught a class for um, I I attempted to, to teach a class for Vermont Slicing, but we didn't have quite the the turnout. But mm. the new women's business center they don't have they don't be joking. I don't know what they're on do top of it. their marketing the game, man. They are on. I always have somewhere between nineteen to twenty people, and yeah. in some cases they've even had more than that signing up. That's how it should for be, them. Man. So I taught a class on uh, Excel. A basic Excel uh, skill set and yeah. in accounting uh, uh, software yesterday. So, well, since you're on that topic, co-host, why don't you talk about what what our plans are? We're going to be launching an amazing plans, folks. If you're just tuning in, this is the Business Zone at Crystal and Gilbert. We're on every Friday from three to four thirty. If our guest is exciting, then we'll extend it until five. <laughs> ah, so, right, 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 right. So, so our plan, folks, just so you know, me and my co-hosts, we go way back. We've been in the industry for a long time. Now, we know the World Cup is coming up, and, and the, the World Cup is coming up in 2026, and, and the Olympics are coming up in 2028. So my co-hosts and I, we're going to be hosting some classes to prepare you entrepreneurs for those events. We're going to be amazing with our materials the things we're going to do if you're in any kind of industry you want to call us to see if this is going to be a part of the the olympics service offering that they're going to be offering here in los angeles so 
uh, we're, we're putting together our thing. We're going to be marketing this program. And you know, Crystal and I, we love what we do. We're very passionate about it. So our goal is to get you guys ready so you can actually start bidding on those contracts. So that, right. that's our plans. Yeah. So we are... Uh, um, Pat asked, can we post it? We will when we got it all ready and prepared. Uh, we will have it ready, but it, that's going to be happening very soon. Uh, yeah. We don't want to miss out on, on some opportunities. And generally, we know our small businesses do miss out because a lot of time some of those I's and some of those T's are not crossed and dotted. Yeah. <laughs> And, and they don't find out until they go to apply. And then they all upset. But now nah, we're going to make sure we're well prepared. And our guest today, that's what he does as well. So we want to make sure this is an opportunity. I'm, there's millions and millions and millions of dollars going to be put on the table. And the one thing I know that's going to be uh, different for us in the, state of Cal in, in the state of California when we host the Olympics is we are already building the infrastructure most countries that have hosted, like Paris is going to be hosting um, the 2024 Olympics, yeah. building for that event. Yeah. But we're building, you know, we got our we got our soccer stadium a couple of years ago. Yeah. We have the SoFi, which was built uh, uh, and opened up last year. And yeah. It is the uh, the basketball for the Clippers already. Yeah. Uh, was a crypto studio, which we used to be LA Live, is yeah. already there. So most of the large facilities that had to be up are already here for us. So that mm -hmm. means that is a lot of that money is not going toward that. But that does mean there are so many opportunities for you yeah. uh, as, as small business owners. I mean, anything, anywhere, anything in the food industry, anything in the catering, event industry, anything in transportation, y'all need to put your hats on, anything in merchandising, uh, any of that, this is where the money is going to be, uh, uh, opportunities are going to be there for you. So you need to start preparing because, you know, millions of people are going to um, fall in on our city, mm -hmm. in our state, and yeah. instead of uh, uh, moaning and groaning about how uh, uh, for two weeks we're going to be kind of close and tight and, yeah. and crowded. <laughs> Let's right. see how much money you can get from all those people that are coming here. That's right. Yeah, so. Your your goal, small business, is, is to get a piece of the pie. Yeah. If you don't get a piece of the pie, it's your own fault. I'm not blaming it on government or anyone else. I'm blaming it on you. If you are ready, prepared, and able to go after these opportunities, then you should get at least a slice of that pie. And right. that's what th this program is going to be a $5.3 billion budget. It's going to have a $5.3 billion budget to spend in terms of contracts, procurement, and opportunities. And if you can't get a piece of that, now it speaks about you. You know, it speaks about you as a business owner. So that's what we're doing here. Coach Crystal and I, we're going to be preparing you guys, get you ready so that you guys can go out there. And we're going to have a checklist, just so you know, because you're probably wondering, how do I get ready? Well, first of all, we'll do an assessment with you guys. And that assessment is going to tell us a lot about you. Let us know where you are, and what you need to have done to get you ready. Then we're going to do, we're going to design our program around that. And then once we design that program to help you, we have a checklist. And as we go along, we'll check off the items that you've completed and until you get to that 100% marker. So like I say, there's no one else doing what we're doing. 
And the reason we're doing what we're doing, one, because we have that love and passion for what we do. We've been in the industry for a long time. And 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 three, we want to make sure you guys are successful. Remember this, guys. If you're not an entrepreneur, then you're a nine-to-fiver, right? If you're a nine-to-fiver, I don't know. I can't remember any nine-to-fiver that I see got rich from working nine-to-five. I don't remember any. Crystal, do you remember any? Uh, no. Can you think of any? <laughs> Unless you're one of those, those, those greedy CEOs who are making hundreds of millions of dollars, then that's it, But which is a totally different thing. But I've never seen an employee who have become rich. Well, on, that, that, on, yeah, that, unless they, <laughs> unless they happen to have joined a company that uh, was a uh, pre IPO. Yeah. And then they went public. I uh, just recently, I think two weeks ago, and I actually bought some stock before they went public. Uh, Instacart just went public. So there's a number of them that uh, yeah. uh, have probably become very wealthy. I know the previous CEO for Instacart just became a billionaire. Yeah. Uh, and the same thing with uh, a Facebook and some of the other uh, entities that went public. So if that ain't you, yeah. uh, if you didn't get in on and have that, the stock pre, pre-IPO or and and you now have those options. Now your nine to five job ain't gonna make you rich. In fact, there's a whole bunch of folks that's on uh strike right now uh that are nine to fivers that found that out. So um so with that we're gonna get started with our guests but before we do that Gilbert we're gonna run our commercial um on small biz pro yeah and then we're going to continue this conversation with our guest because i think he probably is we're all in synergy here we all do the same thing and we all uh know that these are the some of the pitfalls that our businesses uh, uh find themselves in so with that we're gonna run our commercial and then we're gonna bring on our guests and talk to him he and i go way back uh to uh church days and so um we had a great conversation about that we're all on the same page with that but with that let's go so let hallelujah me, hallelujah <laughs> <laughs> hold on let me let me get us all queued up here and get it big so everybody can see it and then i will uh let's see what's happening oops what's ha oh there we go we're gonna skip the commercial and organizes your company's paperwork and takes care of all your record keeping does your current record keeping system send you 90 day alerts to remind you that your key documents are about to expire and need to be renewed can you find contracts and procurement opportunities in seconds from any of the 50 united states so you can grow your business Is your business organized so that you can tell which key documents are needed to efficiently run the business? How about woman-owned, small business, or disadvantaged business enterprise certifications? Do you have a checklist of all the key documents you need to become certified? Does your current system allow you to conduct market research from multiple sources and provide you industry and market data in seconds? Well, Small Biz Pro does all of that and more. Small Biz Pro is the number one business management, compliance, procurement assistance, and market research assistance tool on the market today. Download the app now and you will be amazed. It's like having three additional employees working for you, but you don't have to pay them. What are you waiting for? All righty. So 
<laughs> so um, folks if you want your free three employees you want to lock you want to lock down the system guys this is an amazing system it helps you it helps you in so many ways that you don't even have to hire certain additional employees because it does a lot of this for you so check it out guys i'm going to put the link in the chat it's smallbizpro.net uh if you want to try it out for free for 10 days then you want to go smallbizpro.net slash join and you can check it out and then Check with me afterwards, and I'll take you guys to the promised land. All righty. So with that, we want to welcome our guest, uh, Mr. Joseph Duncan. He's a business coach, and he's the managing director of Assured Consultants, Inc. Uh, he's a seasoned financial services professional with over 25 years of experience. As the managing director of Assured Consultants, he specializes in providing solution-based solu services to small and medium-sized businesses. His approach involves assessing your business's requirements and proposing recommendations recommendations to improve your operations and your financial position. He has a wealth of experience in commercial lending, relationship management, and small business finance, which enables him to offer comprehensive advice that is tailored to your very specific needs. So if you're looking, if you're a startup seeking capital or established company looking to increase sales and profitability, he can help. He has, he believes in time proven methods and work closely with clients to understand their unique challenges and opportunities. His goal is to provide practical solutions that help build, help businesses achieve their objectives. So with that, welcome Joseph to the business zone. We're glad to have you. Well, I'm glad to be here and thank you for having me. Welcome to the business that. zone, sir. I was listening to that introduction. I was like, that sounds like a pretty impressive guy. I want to uh, you're going, who are they talking about over there? I'm gonna call him. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to call him up. See what, see what he can do for me. So tell us a little bit more about so Joseph, you I just found out Joseph was uh is, is a home uh home a grown Californian, Los Angeles. Really? He yeah. was born and raised here? I man. Was born and raised here. Man, you're like a unicorn, man. <laughs> you know, Gilbert, people say that, but I know a lot of people that were born and raised here. And I think really uh, having been here as long as I have. You know, most people, most people living here in California are transplant like me true, <laughs> come from true. somewhere else. <laughs> and, and to be honest with you, that's one of the common things you ask someone when you meet someone new. Yeah. Where'd you, where'd you grow up? Yeah. Um, oftentimes, and, and probably most times, it was somewhere else. And they've come here. Yeah. Fame, fortune, good weather you know, a significant other. There's lots of reasons why people come to California. You know, I went to an event many years ago uh, that was uh, was put on by UCLA and they did a study. They said that most transplant that came, that came uh, comes to California, they will stay here for an average of 10 to 12 years and then they'll move to somewhere else. I think I've been here longer than 10 to 12 years. So maybe I'm here to stay. You, you've been here. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I I came when I was in high school, so um, I'm here. I don't know why anybody would leave this weather. So, <laughs> I, I mean, when you go, when you stop to go, hmm, where else would I go? 
Wow. No, they have tornadoes, hurricanes, and all <laughs> kinds of crazy weather. They have snow that comes up to the ceiling of their houses or to the roof of their houses. I think I'll stay right here where there is sunny California. <laughs> they, they, they got a hurricane going on on the East Coast right now. <laughs> right now as we speak. I have never, other than vacations, never been away from here for more than a couple of weeks at a time. Wow, that's wow. amazing. So um, you can share some wisdom with us then, our, us transplants. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. So so let's get into what we were going to talk about today. I know... We advertised this, that we were going to talk about the road to minority-owned and women-owned certifications, and we'll certainly get to that. Uh -huh. I'll spend the bulk of our time on that. Yeah. But in our, our pre-meeting, when I was talking with Crystal, she asked if I would address a couple of other things, so I want to start with those. Okay, sounds and the good. The first one is access to capital. Money. Mm. And that is probably the number one driver that yeah. people call us. Yeah, um, they know that's one of the areas. Myself and my partners, we all come out of banking backgrounds. Yeah, that side of the street pretty well. But here's the thing, for, that I tell people all the time: getting money is easy if you're ready for it. Yeah, getting money is really hard when you're not. Uh, uh, so what we spend a lot of time doing is getting people ready. I don't want somebody walking in to a bank or going online with a bank because now you don't have to necessarily walk in. I want people to be prepared. I want you to know what your financial standing is. And I'm not just talking about your FICO score. That's all well and good. But yeah. we're talking about commercial lending here. And yeah. It goes much deeper than that. Business I credit. Want people to understand how business credit works. Yeah. One of the very first things I ask any new client is, where do you bank? Yeah, they'll, they'll usually say a name. Mm -hmm. I know most of the names. I've been in this for a long time. Yeah, I'll say, okay, now who do you bank with there? Well, nobody really. I just have an account there. Mm -hmm. Okay, then you don't bank anywhere. As a business owner, you're not banking until you have a relationship with an institution. That's right. You need someone whose name you can call. Yeah, if you have questions or needs or concerns. Mm -hmm. That might be a branch manager, depending upon what level you play at. Yeah. It might be someone in the commercial lending or relationship management group. Mm -hmm. If they don't know anybody, we'll facilitate some introductions and get them to the point where they have a personal point of contact. Mm -hmm. so, having a banker is as important to a business owner as having a lawyer mm -hmm. or a CPA or a coach. You, yeah. If you don't have that that other resource pretty much at your fingertips, you're missing out on a lot of opportunities. Yeah. Um, business lending, as I said, is done differently. It'll, it certainly will depend on your credit, your personal credit. And let me blow up the illusion that a lot of people have. I'm happy, Renee, that you filed that LLC. Guess what? When you go to the bank, they're not loaning money to the LLC. They're loaning it to Renee. To you, exactly. So we need to figure out what Renee's got going Yeah, that we can put on paper that's yeah. going to put you in a favorable light when right. you're meeting with that banker. Now, if you're Microsoft or Target or Amazon, they're loaning to a corporation. 
Yeah. If you formed your LLC last month, they're not yeah. loaning to the LLC. <laughs> they're loaning to the LLC. An EIN number. And if, if we did it for you, you've got an EIN number, you've got a DUNS number. That's yeah. all well and good. Doesn't mean anything when you're trying to get that credit established. Yeah, yeah. So the first thing we want to take a look at is how you look on paper. What does your personal credit look like? What are your assets? What are your liabilities? If you have any business debt, what is the business debt for? Is it performing? Maybe you bought some equipment, a computer, a car, whatever the case may be. You've invested in something. Do you have a lease on a property? Because one of the things your bank is going to look at is what are the terms of your lease? Mm. Um, they're going to probably key the term of your loan to the term of the lease. Those yeah. tend to match. Yeah. So all of these things come into play. Many people do not understand that. That's why we're here. That's why and they, small they, they also look at the ratios, right? Well, so, the ratios are, ratios are going to certainly matter. But yeah. even at, with a startup, you don't really have any ratios. So uh -huh. we may be working from projections. Yeah. But the projections have to make sense. Right. All of it has to look the way it needs to look on paper so that you can be successful. Our right. role in this is to help you put that data down so that when you walk in there, you're not coming from a position of weakness. You're coming from a position of strength. You already know, because we've done the work, what you qualify for. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, many of our clients, uh, Joseph, many of our, our, our clients ask for, okay, I want to learn more about business credit. So what can you share with them about business credit that will educate them? Well, there are five C's, and we've actually expanded it to six C's mm -hmm. of credit. One is capacity. Any lender that's going to work with you, they are really only concerned with one thing. Mm -hmm. Are you going to pay them back? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be able to pay them back? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that goes to capacity. That goes to character. So those are two of your C's. Mm -hmm. um, another one for us is confidence. As yeah. I said, we want you to walk in already knowing what you look like on paper and what you're likely to be able to qualify for. So that your ass is a reasonable ass. I, I met with a client the other day and they said, we need about $2 million. I said, that's great. What What's your revenue situation? Well, we're pre-revenue. Okay. What are you projecting? And, you know, we looked at their projections and it just doesn't pencil out. Mm. I said, no. Because you have a concept that might be saleable, you may be able to get venture capital, but venture capital works a completely different way. Yeah. Um, you, that's a real know somebody kind of world. Mm. And you need to have people that are so convinced in, in what you're doing and what your potential is that they're willing to risk some money, usually alongside yours, which is something I'll circle back to. Mm -hmm. Alongside yours, to see if this venture can be successful. And 90% of the time, they're going to take some equity in it. Yeah. So now you're going to have a partner. Um, yeah. One of the things that, that I said I wanted to circle back to is when you're doing projections, they need to make sense. They need to show anyone that's going to work with you, be that a lender or an investor, what they can expect to get paid back and when they can expect that to happen and give them a sense of confidence that you're going to be able to deliver on that. Right. Um, 
How important is 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 actually their business plan in this process between the banker and also with a venture capital with a VC? Tremendously important. And the, the most important parts of the business plan are the parts that people often neglect. Everyone gets their mission statement right. Yeah. <laughs> most people have their marketing strategy and maybe they've done some market research. The place where they fall down is the financial aspect. Yeah. And that as a banker, and I was one for a lot of years, I'm going to, you know, read the executive summary, but I'm going to flip to the financials pretty quick. Yeah, exactly. And see what type of a concern we're working with here. So what a lot of people neglect to do is really spend the time and drill down on the financial aspect. But you're absolutely right, Crystal. A business plan is crucial. That's another area we can assist with, uh, helping people um, have a cogent business plan that they can present. And we can do that a couple of ways. We can help you write it or we can write it for you. Mm -hmm. And today's price is not the same as tomorrow's price. If we write it for you, that's one number. If mm -hmm. we help you write it, that's another. It's all a consultative process. So we yeah. try to take people where we find them, meet them where they're at. Some people yeah. already have a business plan and all they need is someone to review it, and give right. them some advice and kind of help them punch it up a little bit. Other people say business plan, what's that? And all they've got is an idea on the back of a napkin. So we take you where we find you. And get you where you need to be. So I wanted to ask this question regarding business plans because when when I used to write business plans for my clients, I had I had a basic plan, and then I have um, uh, I have like a more comprehensive plan. So there are yes. two price there are two prices right there. Sure. So. Um, if you're reviewing a business plan, what's the average amount of time? that you would um, quote a client <laughs> to review uh, a basic versus a comprehensive? A basic is probably five hours. Yeah. A comprehensive is going to be anywhere from 10 to 20. Yeah. And the uses, uses of the two are very different. Yeah. If you're going to be seeking investor capital or lender capital, you're yeah. going to need that comprehensive plan. Right, right. So it's going to need to be more detailed and more work's going to be need to be involved in it. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to touch on before we get off of finance is grants. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are really excited about grant funding and certainly understandable. If you're successful in getting a grant, that is money that you can use for your business that you don't have to pay back. Mm -hmm. Who would not want that? <laughs> um, during the COVID time, there were a lot of grants. Mm -hmm. People got what I'll call grant happy or grant reliant. People started thinking, well, I never, I don't need to borrow any money. I don't need to worry about my revenue because I'll, I'll be able to get grants and help yeah. fund my yeah. business through yeah. grants. Yeah. We're back to reality. Right. I'm not saying there are not any grants out there, but the demand for grant funding far outstrips the grant funding in existence. So yeah. what people find themselves in is doing applications and ending up in a queue with hundreds of thousands of other people, uh, depending upon the reach of the grant, if it's a local grant, just in Los Angeles alone, let's say the city puts out a grant. There's 3 million people that live in the city, mm -hmm. uh, approximately 500,000 businesses. They're not all gonna hear about it and some of them are not gonna follow through 
But yeah. let's say a third of that does. You're you're now competing with two two or three hundred thousand people. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not going to say you won't get money, but it's like saying you're going to hit the lottery. Maybe. <laughs> Um, the county did an economic opportunity grant a few months ago, and people are still waiting to hear. Mm -hmm. um, full disclosure, our company did an application for that grant. Yeah. The last we heard was an email we received that says it's still in review. It's been in review yeah. for quite some time now. So if we were depending upon that funding to, op to run our operations, we'd be out of business now. Don't you right. And exactly. Telling something else and talking to you about that. <laughs> and what you know, you want it, to do is make sure you're 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 taking care of the fundamentals, making sure that you're selling a product or a service at a profit, that you're marketing effectively so that you're doing enough of it to sustain your business, and that anything you get in addition to that is extra. Yeah. One of the the biggest failures, and I know you guys have been doing this as for quite some time as well. The reason, number one reason businesses fail is they fail to estimate the amount of capital they were going to need to sustain themselves. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and they thought they were going to be able to get some money from somewhere. Mm -hmm. yeah. So let's say I'm a client. Uh, 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 I'm going to be a potential client of yours. And, and, I and I walls into your, your business establishment. I go, oh, you know, I'm a top G. I run a business and I know I'm good. My word is good. Now, I need a line of credit. Okay. What can you what can you tell a business like mine that's looking for a line of credit in order to prepare them because many small businesses need to be prepared before they even approach a line of credit. You know, they don't just go and get a line of credit like that. So, what would you tell them in order to prep them on that? What is it going to be used for? Mm. So thing. a line of credit, they want to use it for working capital. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Um, then, you know, similar to anything else that we've been talking about, we're going to look at the financials of the business and the financials of the owner. Uh -huh. um, how much debt do you have? Yeah. Um, what does the revenue look like? How's mm -hmm. your balance sheet, your yeah. assets, your liabilities? We're going to look at that and we're going to estimate how much of a line you might be able to qualify for. And there's a formula. Basically, a, a banker's going to look at your revenue and they're going to loan you money based on a percentage of what that revenue is yeah. after all of your expenses. Yeah. So we're not looking at gross revenue. Gross revenue might be great. We're yeah. talking about net revenue. Yeah, we're, we're talking about net revenue. And most commercial lending is done on a 1.25 basis. Yeah. For so, every dollar that you borrow, they want you to be earning a dollar and a quarter. Right, mm -hmm. right. That's part of that that uh, quick ratio uh, calculation there. Mm -hmm. So so I waltz into your establishment and I'm going, yeah, I need that line of credit. I really need it right now. As a matter of fact, I needed it yesterday. How can you help me? How do you look at that client? The same way we can help you, but we've got to figure out where you stand. Are you yeah. going to be able to qualify? Because we don't want to, we don't want to send you out and get declined. Yeah. No mm -hmm. We, so, you know, we have a very good approval rate because we don't put applications in until we think they're well seasoned and ready. Yeah. Um, the first, like I said, the first thing we're going to do is take a look at your global financial picture. 
what you owe, both individually and as a business, what you've got coming in individually as a business, what collateral you have, if you have any, and how we can leverage everything about your financial picture to get you the money that you're looking for. Yeah, one of the things I tell my clients is that they shouldn't wait until they need money to go get money because when you wait, when you wait until you need it is when you most naturally won't get it because that's when the sky is falling and you're coming up with all kinds of scenario. You're usually the balance sheet look kind of shaky at that point, because if you really, really need money, then your balance sheet is going to reflect that, you know, yeah. you're not in, in good financial health. <laughs> so let me ask you. We don't let question. people turn down money. What sure. a, a lot of times what will happen is you'll get offers as a business owner. Yeah. And if they're thinking for themselves, they'll say, well, I don't really need that money. Yeah. If they listen to us, they always take that money. Yeah. You do not have to use the money. Exactly. Take, like you said, Gilbert, take it when you can get it because exactly. it, your picture might not look as pretty. Exactly. So, exactly. so Joseph, when did, so, you know, in the beginning part of this, you talked about um, they're not looking at, I mean, you filed your LLC or whatever it is you under and you think now, you know, because they've been told this, they've been told you need to have are. a legal structure and you can get all the money you want. <laughs> when does that actually happen? When does you, when do you go from being the individual uh, that is running a business to the CEO that is employed by the company <coughs> that you're in business, that you're employed by, but the company that you founded, when does that happen from a fight from, from a lending standpoint? It, it really differs from lender to lender, mm -hmm. but a good rule of thumb is you probably need to have been in business at least five years mm -hmm. and be generating at least $2 million in revenue. Ah, that's If you're not at least doing that, then we're not even talking about anything. That's good to know. And it's important to know, even if you're doing those things, mm -hmm. they're still going to want a personal guarantee. Yeah. yeah. That, that's one that we run into a lot. We prepare people for that you are going to need to sign that you are going to back this personally so that if the company fails, your assets are going to be leveraged as well. And that was something I wanted to circle back to. A lot of people are under the notion, and I know there are some folks out here who, who provide this, yeah. that you can get all the money you need to run your business from someone else. Mm. I was a lender for a lot of years. That's never, ever going to happen. We yeah. call it skin in the game. Yeah. We're going to want you to have 20 to 30%, right. whatever the financial need is, mm -hmm. cash on hand, and then the institution is going to kick in the difference. Yeah. But the idea that I need $100,000 to get this idea off the ground and somebody's going to loan me $100,000, that's not going to happen. You might, on a good day, if you have a really you know, fire idea, be able to get an investor to give you close to 100%. But usually even they want you to have some skin in the game besides what we call sweat equity. A lot of people on paper put down the money that they've invested in terms of man hours and time in getting their business off the ground. And that's sweat equity, and that's all well and good. And it's important to have that. But they're going to want to see some cash as well. This is so important because I, I the you know, I get clients 
that that'll refer to me for coaching. And the first thing they say, uh, somebody told me, and then Gilbert calls <laughs> the, the, the street coaches out there, the street <laughs> corner coaches, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and they've told me I can get. I just had a client, re, uh, someone uh, that I coached recently. She told me, oh yeah, they told me all I need to do. You know, she says first I was waiting to talk to you because I wanted to file my LLC today. And so that I could go get money tomorrow. It's like, oh, Lord. Who told you that? <laughs> Here's the thing, though. They're, they're, they're being misled by people that they think know what they're doing. Yeah, that's those street corner, that's those street corner consultants, man. I don't listen to the radio that much anymore. I'm more of a podcast playlist kind of person. When I'm in the car. But I remember as a banker, driving around town, the appointments, this, that, and the other. And I would hear those commercials. File your business today and, and separate your business from your personal assets, which is true. That's the problem. There's a shred of truth to that. Right. You file an LLC, that separates the business from your personal assets. It doesn't separate your business from your personal liabilities. Yes, and that's, that's true. the part that gets left out. Yeah, now, the other thing is, Let's say you have really good credit. Maybe you're sitting with a 780 FICO. Mm -hmm. I send you to a bank to open up an account and start a relationship. They're probably going to make you an offer because banks mm -hmm. are looking for those kind of people. Yeah. Right. They're going to probably offer you a $10,000 credit card and a $25,000 line of credit. Yeah. Guess what I'm going to tell you to do? Take it. Yeah. yeah. Those are the people that get that instant credit. I just started my business and I got business credit. Yeah, they're not the people who have been misled by the street corner coaches, right. and now their FICO is sitting at you know six twenty. Yeah, and all their credit cards are maxed out, and not necessarily maliciously. Here's yeah. what a lot of people do, and you guys know this because you've been on this street. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they start their business and they're going to bootstrap it. Yeah, so what do they do? Maybe they take equity out of their house, they mm -hmm. borrow from their retirement plan, mm -hmm. they run up their credit cards, they get money from mom and them, they get money from <laughs> whoever they can get money from. So right. now they're pretty extended in trying to get this thing off the ground. By the time they come see one of you or me, they're no longer bankable. You can get an account, but that's about all you can get until yeah. we get that situation under control. Right. You will help with some strategies to get that situation under control. But people always say, how can I fix my credit? I say, pay the money. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, it. That's credit it. repair is simple. Pay the money. Yeah. Well, some of it's old. Find out who's got it now. Make some sort of an offer and compromise. See if you can get a deal. Pay the money. Start to get positive stuff on your credit. Try to get negative stuff off. And sometimes you have to just keep breathing long enough for that situation to improve. And we monitor it. Yeah. You know, right, exactly. you can get a credit report free once a year. And if you subscribe to one of the services, you can get a credit report free every month. So oh, we see okay. where you are and things can change in a month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially and if you have the capability to pay down some of that outstanding debt. The number one thing that drives low credit scores is outstanding debt. Yeah. The second worst thing is missed payments. Yeah. So many people have great payment histories and low credit scores because they've got high outstanding debt. So we work with people. Like I said, philosophy is meet them where they're at 
and help mm-hmm. them get where they're going. This is, this is fantastic because, I, you know, we hear all of us have heard these things so often. And I usually tell people when, especially startup businesses, start small because the most important thing is to drive the revenue. You got to be able to build the revenue in order to even get yourself in a position where you can pay off the, those bills and so forth. But if you have minimum, you know, when I do a person's financials and, and I see for the last three or four years, you've been in the same place uh, financially, your revenue is the same. Your, your net is the same for the last three or four years, then you pretty much have a flat line business. So you won't be bankable because <laughs> no, you're not no. driving any money. Revenue no. <laughs> no. is king. Right, but exactly. Revenue is king. Every, everything turns on that. Yeah. Uh, uh, our, our field correspondence, Greg Snee, just chimed in, folks. He said, my credit won't get it. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to ask you a question, Joseph. So can you explain for the purposes of our viewers the difference between a line of credit and a business loan. Absolutely. Um, for people who are most, most familiar with personal credit, think of it as a personal loan is an installment loan. You borrow a specific amount, you get all of the money on day one, it starts earning interest on day one, and you have an agreed upon payment schedule where you're going to pay each month on a set day and X amount of dollars. A line of credit is revolving. It's more like a credit card. Um, you have an open line. Let's say they gave you a $50,000 line of credit. On day one, you don't owe anything. On day three, you go buy a piece of equipment for $10,000. Now you have $40,000 in available credit and you owe $10,000. You're not going to be asked to pay that $10,000 back all at once. Although if you can, that would be wise. What you're going to be asked to do is pay a set amount of that each month, which is going to include some of the principal and some of the interest. And as you pay on it, let's say the first month you pay a thousand, now you owe nine thousand and you have forty-one thousand dollars available. Right. So revolving line does just that. It revolves and it allows you to use money as needed without paying interest on it, except when you're using it. The other thing is most institutions are going to want to see at some point in a 12 month period, that line be at zero. Otherwise, they're very likely to review it, term it out, and now you have a loan for whatever the outstanding amount is and no available credit above it. So it's real important when we coach people to remind them, do what you can to revolve the line. Don't you know, have it at, if you have a $50,000 line, don't have it constantly at $48,000. That's not revolving. They're going to want to see that paid down, if not to zero, as close to zero as possible at some period during the, during a 12 month, at some point during a 12 month period. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's such good advice because again, most of our businesses, they're hearing stuff from somebody else that don't know anything from anything or from anyone. Um, And they then, and I've had a number of clients that had so many small little credit cards trying to create, really they were spending money with their credit cards in order just to survive. So, right. And, and then when it came time, for them to 
uh, they know they can't move to that next level. Uh, now that now they're in a really bad place. I've had in so many. It's like we just got to get your one. You got to get your in. You got to increase your 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 resources, your re, uh, revenues. Have more than one revenue stream so that you can get these cars paid down. Until that happens, <laughs> you pretty much are, go, are not going to move from this plateau you're at. And um, and it's so. It, I think not. And this is where Greg comes in with the financial literacy. I have found that most of bi small businesses is not the personal fine. They don't understand the business side or the personal side of financial right. literacy. Right? It's right. just we haven't been taught that. And so they find themselves in this spiraling uh, uh, situation that they can't get out of. Have you, that been your, um, uh, you found that to be the case as well? I absolutely have. There's a lot of that out there. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit and okay. kind of get back to what we, what we sold this talk for. And that's one of the ways that people can increase revenue. Okay. And Excellent. one of the ways that you can increase revenue is to be able to, compete for larger deals. You know, if you're whatever you are, a service business, a product business, there are certain clientele that you have that I'll call retail clientele. But one of the th ways to supercharge your business and start to really drive that revenue is to be able to get commercial business. And most commercial business is done on a procurement contract basis, be that whether it's with the city, the state, the county, or you know corporations some of the biggest buyers in in our area are the, the utilities southern california edison southern california gas um, between them and the city and the state they buy almost everything people think well they don't buy what i sell yeah and they probably do so we need to figure out how you can best prepare yourself to compete for that business one of the ways to do that if you are a woman-owned or minority-owned business, is to get certified as such. What that enables you to do is get some pricing preferences. So you can compete with larger companies for the same deal at a price point that's profitable for you, where they can bid a lower price because they're anticipating more volume. So let's say, you know, you get as a minority owned business, maybe a 15% bump. So if you're bidding a dollar, it goes, goes in that you bid at a dollar 15 yeah. or at 85 cents, depending on how you want to look at it. And now you can compete with that bigger concern. But what that's going to require you to do is work with a certifying agency. And there are a number of them out there and prove, basically prove that you are who you say you are, prove yeah. that the business exists, prove how long you've been in business, prove that you are a minority. And I, I get that all the time. What, why do I have to prove I'm a minority? Well, the reason is to stop other people who are not minorities taking <laughs> advantage of these preferences. It's also important if you're a woman-owned business that the woman is actually active in the business. I can't tell you how many times I meet with men who are actually the driver behind the business and say, oh, no, we're a woman-owned business. My wife's involved, too. Well, how much does she own? 51%. How often does she come to the office? Well, not that often. Okay, that's not a woman-owned business. Yeah. And the certifying agencies are going to bet you and make sure that you are what you say you are. This is a process that we guide people through all the time. 
The next thing you want to do once you've got that certification is not think, okay, now the, the doors are flung open and all this business is going to come my way. Okay. None of this business is going to come your way. You're going to have to review opportunities out there with the various entities that you might be looking to do business with. You're going to need to have documents to present to them. We call it a capability statement. A lot of businesses don't have one. We can help you write one or we can write it for you. Again, price changes depending upon the workload. But um, think of the capability statement as a business resume. It's different than your marketing brochure. It's different than your website. A capability statement is something that you're going to present to a procurement officer, which is going to state your what your business has done, who you've done it for, what certifications, if any, you have, what your NAICS codes are. And NAICS codes are very important. NAICS codes are their way of being able to search in a database and find people who do what you do. I know mine backwards and forwards. I'm sure you guys do too. We probably use the same ones. Yeah. Um, when we're in a procurement situation, we want to talk to people who are looking for people who do what we do. The way they're going to know that is a couple of ways. One is the next codes, and the other, and I can't state this strongly enough, is personal contact. Most of these entities I'm talking about have a meet the primes event. They have a mute the per- procurement officer event. They're, they attend various networking events. They might be at a Recycling Black Dollars event. They might be on the community briefing. Mm-hmm. They might be at all of the different networking opportunities that come around town from the Black Business Association, from um, a National Association of Women Business Owners. If I left anybody out, it's just because I can't think of all of them. I've been to about four of those things just this week alone. So you get a chance to meet these people and, and you know provide your elevator pitch. And everybody's heard about the elevator pitch. We used to say you had two minutes. You don't have two minutes anymore. The world's changed. You have about 15 seconds. Yeah. Get somebody's attention before they're starting to think about what they're about to do next. So yeah. we want to refine that so that your value proposition is right up front. You have started the beginnings of a personal contact. You either have in hand or have agreed to provide your capability statement and you follow through and follow up. Usually that's going to be by email. They don't they don't want you faxing. They don't want your mail. You're, you need to be able to attach it to a PDF and get it over to them. I say that and it sounds simple to us. That is one of the things we have to coach people on. How do I send them my capabilities? Yeah. It, it okay. sounds like it sounds so rudimentary, but it's important that people know and understand because everything that you do as a business owner, when you're meeting with a potential client or a prospect or a procurement officer is either gaining credibility or losing credibility. Let me tell you one that people are falling, falling down on right now. If your business is your business name at Yahoo or your business name is your business name at, at Gmail, what that says to a procurement officer is you're not a serious concern. Because if you're a serious concern, your email address should be your some combination of your name, first initial, last name, or first initial, mm-hmm. first three of the last name, whatever you're doing, at 
nameofthebusiness.com or a shortened version thereof. When you're not doing those things, when you don't have a business phone number that someone answers during business hours, I'm not saying you have to spend a lot of money. There's virtual situations out here. You can get a virtual number that someone will answer, the name of your business. All of those things are important when you start trying to compete for big dollars. Because what does a procurement officer have at stake? They have their reputation and maybe their job at stake. If they hire you to deliver and you don't, if that happens enough times, they'll have to be working somewhere else. You don't get to stay. It's mm -hmm. just that serious. So you have to be serious because they're going to be serious and they want to know that you're serious. So some of the things that we talk about are little things like your email address, your phone number. Um, in the days when business cards were a thing, um, having a quality business card mattered. Mm. The paper it was on. Did it look like you printed it last night? Is the ink <laughs> written on the back? You know, wrote down your your lunch order on the back. You know, all of those things matter. Um, we're now teaching people not to use business cards, but to go to virtual cards. There are a number of different apps out there. Some free, some with a, a small monthly subscription. And and let me tell you, if you don't have a a quality website. You don't have, at this point, a virtual business card. You don't have a quality capability statement. You don't have an email address that procure, that gain, you know, shows some credibility. No one's going to take you seriously. So you're not going to get that. that right. Answer. And I think you have to add to that list, because all of those are very important, is to have an up-to-date LinkedIn account. Because I cannot tell you how many people, you know, you know, with the community briefing, right? We go to the, the LinkedIn in order to pull up your information. Most of them don't have a bio. Most of them, the information is dated back to, you know, you're still working somewhere that you ain't even, you haven't worked in five years. <laughs> well, that's true. I'll tell you, you know, I, I'm a regular attendee on the community briefing and I love the work that you do. Uh -huh. While I'm in the briefing... One of the things that I'm doing on the days I'm not presenting is I'm trying to find all the other people in the briefing and connect with them on LinkedIn. And I see a lot of exactly what you're talking about. Uh -huh. Now, I have to tell you, those are potential clients for us. <laughs> I don't mind if you're an audience out here. I don't mind if your stuff's not together. That's what we're here for. We can fix it for you. Call us. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I find that I'll go out and, and I was somewhere, I was at a meeting and I don't do as many. And, and Greg indicated you are a pro at networking. Um, and I think that's so important. And people since the pandemic have got away from that. But, you know, that's how you that's how you expand, expand your networks is is those meetings. But I tell you, the people when I go, it's like, OK, can I reach you on LinkedIn? Uh, no, I don't have a LinkedIn account. Can I at least can I at least go to Facebook and find you? No, I don't have that account either. Where the heck are you? How come I can't find you on the internet? <laughs> you should always have a Facebook business page. You should have an Instagram business page. I don't really fool with Twitter anymore, but we had and yeah. still have a yeah. Twitter business page. And you should absolutely have a LinkedIn business mm -hmm. and personal page. Mm -hmm. Those two are different. So you should have one of each of those on those various entities. And um, the way I approach networking is this. It's what would you rather do? 
knock on doors, cold call, or go to a place where there's going to be a bunch of business owners, shake hands, have a nice cocktail, and meet some people who can potentially help your business succeed. Yeah. I know for me, I don't, I don't want to pick up the phone. <laughs> I never have to cold call again. It'll be too soon. So what I want to do is leverage existing clients for referrals and leverage networking for part of my new business development and use all of the, the virtual tools that are out there. If you are a business and you're not posting content to LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook at least three times a week, then what are you even doing? Yeah, It should be something that is informative, that relates back to what it is that you do, and that, again, adds credibility to whatever you're trying to provide. Now, maybe it's about a product. Maybe it's about a service. Maybe it's just sometimes our posts are just about general business topics. Mm -hmm. They're not specifically geared to, you know, call us about such and such. They might be, did you know that such and such a thing was happening? We posted one sometime this week about the fact that at this point in Los Angeles County, 0.03% of all the county contracts are awarded to minority-owned businesses. Yes, I said 0.03. That's sad. That's ridiculous. <laughs> we're, we're somewhere around 12% of the population. I, I would have to research it. I don't have this right in my head what percentage of business owners we are, but it's way higher than 0.03, I promise you. So there's a lot of opportunity out there for us to do better. Um, I know that sometimes people feel like, well, the system isn't really geared to help me. Eh, maybe, but here's what you have to do. You have to plan, plot, and strategize on how you're going to work in this system that may be geared to set up some obstacles so that you can navigate around those obstacles and succeed. Otherwise, you're going to fail. There's no, you know, there's no price in failing. It, that's easy to do. It's a little bit more work to succeed, but that's what we're all here for. We, our tagline is tools to thrive. That's what we give business owners. When you come and work with us, we're going to give you the tools not just to survive, but to thrive. And Everything that we're talking about and some things that we probably won't have time to get to are about those tools to thrive. So in terms of being a minority-owned and woman-owned certified business, that's another tool to thrive. That doesn't mean you're not going to have to write the RFP. Yes, you are. That doesn't mean you might not have to go to the, the pre-award meetings because you probably are. But guess what? Those are investments in time. And every time you write an RFP, whether it succeeds or not, you learn something. Yeah. So that the next time you have to write an RFP, and there should be a next time, mm -hmm. you'll you'll be able to take that bank of knowledge and use it on the next one. The other thing that you have the ability to do is go see what the successful award looked like. Yeah. What did they say in theirs that we didn't say in ours? Mm. What did they do differently than we did? Most awards, contrary to rumor, are not based on price. Right. As I said. These are decisions that are made by people. And those people, yes, they do have certainly price targets they have to meet, but they also have performance targets they have to meet. So they're not always going to award the business to the lower cost provider. They're going to award the business at a reasonable price point 
where they have an expectation of performance. And while I'm on the subject of price, most people are selling their services for less than they should. Oh, for sure. I'm just going to leave that there for a minute. <laughs> most people are selling their services for less than they should. That's another reason you need a coach. Because when you're pricing yourself, I don't care who you are, me, Gilbert, Crystal, Greg Sneed, anybody, we have a tendency to think of a number and then reduce it just a little so it sounds better coming off the tongue. <laughs> My people don't do that. <laughs> the people that work with me will tell you, I started to quote a price and I heard you in my ear saying, get the money. <laughs> what we've done, we know what the price should be. We've done the research. We have done a market survey. We know what everybody else is selling, what you're selling for. So why shouldn't you get what they're getting? Why are you taking less money? Because you feel a little bit more comfortable. You think you're going to be more successful if you ask for less. You're probably not. No. A good procurement officer, they, they know what the range is. If you come in too low, they think you don't know what you're doing. Right. And also, you know, I tell, you know, my kids, my, you know, I teach my kids how to be entrepreneurs. Like the first thing, you know, kids will do this. Oh, I'm going to be the cheapest. No, you don't want to be the cheap nothing. You you only want to use that in your marketing tools at all, the cheapest. You want to have the best quality for a reasonable price considering whatever the market is. But most people come out, I'm going to be the cheapest, the lowest price on the block. Walmart is the lowest price on the block. Do you want to be Walmart? <laughs> Walmart can do it because they, they make it up in volume. Right, also, exactly. Walmart gets their, Walmart's margins are just as good as everybody else's. Most <laughs> of what they buy, they buy at a lower price than other vendors are able to do. What we tell people is price is only an issue in the absence of value. Yeah. If you really that. believe that what you, the service you provide or the product that you sell is adding value to the client, then why shouldn't you get a fair price for it? And again, if you're not getting a fair price for it, it's going to show on your balance sheet. And then it's going to make it that much harder for you to get credit. It's going to make that make it that much harder for your business to be profitable. It's going to make it that much harder for you to pay yourself. All of those things flow from the fact that you deliver a quality product or service at a price that is profitable and sustainable. Now, let me ask this question. Uh, Fernando gave you, uh, it, it looks like, 10 or nine hand claps to that comment about pricing. <laughs> but here, here's the thing. Um, women tend to, it's a known fact and, and, and the statistics are very, that women business owners make far less money than men business owners. And is it because we're afraid to put that bigger price tag on it? Most of the time, yes. Okay. Most of the time, yes. It's not because men are smarter. It's not because men's product or service. Sometimes it might be because women tend to, you know, get into businesses that might be at a lower price point than some mm -hmm. others. But 90% of the time it's because they didn't ask for the money. Ah, they felt uncomfortable asking for the money. 
Ah, uh, yeah, because they, you know, I and I read something very, hey, Karen, glad to have you, Karen Clark, uh, Karen A. Clark hey, <laughs> from City National Bank is glad to have you over here. Karen I was, and I go way back too. Oh, do you? Okay, because y'all yeah, all in the banking world. Um, yeah. I was at a, con I was meeting with someone that was from the East Coast and um, we were having a conversation about education, um, a little bit off topic, but about education. And he was saying that the edu education for our children would be a whole different ball game if the, if the industry wasn't probably about 85% female and 15% and yes. men and they don't, um, so they don't, they don't, I don't know if they don't think women are, uh, uh, are valuable or what the heck well, it is. We but, know that women on average, I, if I remember the statistic right, earn about 70 cents, 77 cents on the dollar. Yeah. What men earn. And where you see that most is in industries that are dominated by women, education, social work, nursing, um, those three come to mind. I'm sure there's some others. Right. Um, patriarchy is what it is. Yeah. And patriarchy's been around a long time. And it's set up to value the contributions of certain groups of men above all others. One of the ways to get around that, because you know, if you're in an industry that has a wage scale, it's kind of hard to break out of that. That's one of the reasons to start your own business. But then if you're going to start your own business, don't do that to yourself. You know, you have to un you have to stop, push pause on those tapes that play in your head that say I'm only worth this much. Because uh, we'll, well, we'll do the work, we'll do the survey, and I, I don't want to offend anybody, but I want to make sure that my minority women own, my, my minority women clients get paid the same as the mediocre men clients. Well, the thing about it is some clients, they don't take the time to, to do the research. So that's why they price themselves out of the market because some folks think if they price, if they underprice as an entry market price, then maybe they'll get some leverage, some traction. I'm so going to sell this below profit and make yeah, it up and Exactly. So that that's, usually doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work because that's one way. The next way is, like you mentioned about value, if they know, if they're bringing value to a client, clients will be willing to pay for value. And if you can articulate what value they're getting for the price you're paying. So that's another part that maybe they and didn't. That's where that comes from. Yeah, they didn't explain the, the value or articulate the value clearly enough. So then the customer feel like they weren't getting value. So they go, I'm not paying that price. Because even in public works contracting, it's not usually the lowest bidder who yeah. wins. You yeah. know, it, it's the one who provides the best value. Yes. So, 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 you know, that's one thing entrepreneurs need to look at too. And, and that's what coaching does. And, and don't get me wrong. I used to be one of that guy. When I first entered the marketplace in 2006, I thought I could do business plan for $500 because I'm going, oh, if I do $500, I could, I could do a lot of a business plan. Not thinking that, hmm, if I do a $500 business plan, how long will it take me to generate this plan? I got to conduct market research. I got to do a lot of different things. It's going to take some time. 
So when you start calculating the hour you spent versus the, 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 the price you're getting for it, is it worth it? So I couldn't really, I couldn't really generate enough business plans to make enough money per month at $500. So I learned right there and then, that, yeah, I learned that was a bad idea. <laughs> and, and you know, it's so funny. The only services that we really offer at a flat fee at this point is filings. We'll yeah. file your, your S Corp, yeah. your LLC for a flat rate because we know how long that takes. Yeah. We know, you know, we know what the fees are. Right. So we'll do that at a flat rate. Yes, Everything yes. else is negotiable depending upon the scope of work. Yes, yes. And, and I use Here's the good news. We, we meet with you for free. We'll figure out what you need and then we'll tell you what it's going to cost you. Right, right. Is free. Just like when we do our assessments, our assessments are free because yeah. the assessment will tell us how much work we need to do with you. Exactly. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. oh, it's yes. a win-win because then you know what you need. Exactly. Right. exactly. exactly. You didn't walk in knowing what you needed or you would have just done it. Yes, they and don't it's a, have those tools, but we do. Uh, and I, when I used to write business plans, in fact, somebody called me and I will refer them over to you, Joseph. But someone just recently reached out to me and asked me, did I write business plans? And what I found, especially unfortunately in our community, they do want you to go at the lowest rate. And so when you give them the real price, the, yeah. And they're like, whoa, that's so expensive. But yeah. do you realize how much work goes? The research alone yeah. 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 <laughs> is, is ours. So. Well, I, I, one of the things that I, I coach people on is all business isn't good business. Yeah. Right. People feel like our rates, whatever they may be, yeah. are too much for them. Yeah. Then we're probably not the right advisor for you. Exactly. It doesn't mean that you won't find someone to help you. Yeah. Maybe we can connect you with a, a resource. There are some other resources out there, maybe we can connect you with right. someone who can help you at a different price point. Yes. But what we won't do is lower our price uh -uh. to satisfy mm -hmm. what no. uh -uh. you feel you can afford. Right. Even no business can survive doing that. Even right. some contract providers, some public works contract providers, will, will they'll challenge your pricing. They'll go, wait a second. If your price is so low, right? How do you make a profit, and how will you deliver a quality product to me? Well, that's what I'm you're not going to get that deal. You know, the they don't think you know what you're doing. Exactly. So that was another reason why a lot of small businesses got declined when they submit bids because they they try to underbid, thinking they can win the bid, and it yeah. will be good for everybody. No, it won't be because with public works agencies. They have rough, they call it um, engineering estimates that they do, you know, and those, they go out in the marketplace and they survey prices, they survey professional, you know, how much would it be for this? And then they, they survey a group of these individuals. So when that group, they quote their price at a certain price, and then your price, you're coming in at a much lower price, they go, this one doesn't know what he's doing. You know, we're not even going to look at that bid right there. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, this is so, so it's great information because all of this information you've talked about, uh, uh, Joseph, is not information that our average business owner gets. They think, yes, I need to be at the lowest bid. They don't understand the nuances that go along with that. I just need to have uh, these low numbers. 
Also, they don't know that pricing is so important, even outside of the contracting space, sure. how important that is. And when we talk about increasing your revenue, that's usually what you got to do. You yeah. got to reduce your expenses and raise your prices. <laughs> yeah. so there's, there are really only three things you can do. Reduce your prices, raise your, reduce your cost, uh -huh. raise your prices, increase your volume. Yeah, exactly. What you want to do are those last two, because sometimes you've already hammered cost as far as it can go yeah. right? without yeah. losing quality. So you want to, you know, make sure that you're pricing appropriately and, and increase your volume. Definitely. Certifications Definitely. are one of the tools you can use to increase your volume. Definitely. You bigger deals, bigger awards. Um, you need to be prepared to perform. That's one of the things we talk about. Yeah. If you got this contract, yeah. how are you going to do it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you have the capital that it's going to take to invest yeah. in the inventory? Do you have, do you have do the workforce? in your staff? Yeah. You know, getting the contract is not the first step at all. Being right. prepared to perform on the contract. Yes, yes. For those of you just or listening or just tuning in, this is the Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert, and we got a very special guest here, Mr. Joseph Duncan, and we want to pick his brain because he is coming from inside of the banking industry, guys, and we always want to know what's going on in the banking industry. That's a mystery many of us entrepreneurs so the more questions if you have any questions if you're listening right now or you're watching and you've got a question make sure you put your question in the chat because we would love to have your question and joseph also would love to answer your question so go ahead put it in the chat and let us know because there's so many things i want to ask about banking now let me ask this one question because i see this happen all the time when a small business walks into a bank <laughs> You've been in the industry for probably twenty years, right? So or more. Longer than that. Longer than that. See, I don't. I don't want to show. I don't want to show up your age. So I just. I just put it at twenty. Yeah, twenty plus. We'll 20, 20. There you go. Twenty plus. So when a small business walks into the bank, what does the bank, the banking officer, use? Do they look at that person's dynamic and go, "Okay, let's see if this person know what the hell they're talking about. Let's see if they understand what they're asking for. Let's see if they can provide us what we're looking for." Is that how the banks usually look at? Yeah. Do you have the package ready? Do yeah. Yeah. Business tax returns, personal tax returns. Yeah. Do you have a personal financial statement or can you yeah. provide one in a timely fashion? Yeah. Do you have a balance sheet and income statement? Yeah. Yeah. Are they generating their balance sheet on a monthly basis or interim basis so we can accurately assess their business? No, we're going to require it to be no more than six months old. If you have oh. accounts receivable and accounts payable, yeah. I see an aging report uh -huh. that's more than three months old. See, so that's a all thing. these things are See that's that's the next that's have in hand. That's the next thing that a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand. So let's peel back the onion here. I know we're probably running a little over time, but let's peel back the onion here and educate some of our viewers right now. What is an aging account? And well, I don't know. I don't just want to put it out there and just say aging. I want to classify it. So what is an aging? accounts receivable and what is an aging accounts payable account can you, okay, can you we'll, tell we'll me? make it real simple <laughs> accounts receivable are all the people that owe you money 
Yeah. You're also going to say how long they've owed you money. Yes. And the, the two things the banker is going to look for is what's your collection rate? Are people yeah. paying you on time? Are you yeah. getting the money that's yeah. owed to you? And is it coming in on time? Yeah. Second thing they're going to want to look at is what's the concentration? Yeah. Is most of your revenue coming from one or two clients? Uh-huh. Doesn't mean you might not, you won't get a loan, but that makes it more risky for them because what happens if you lose that client? Right, right, right. But what they want to see is a, a lot of diversity on your, and that's a different kind of diversity than one we often talk about. Diversity on your accounts receivable. And um, they want to uh, see that you're collecting your money in a timely fashion and that your clients are paying you. And hopefully you have a lot of different clients yeah the second thing that i mentioned was accounts payable that's yeah. a list of who you owe yeah and what you owe and mm -hmm. when when it's due and when you paid it so right. again you're, you're you're establishing your credibility we buy products from these 10 vendors and we're on time with all of them here's the amount we owe them and here's the amount we paid them and when so that's what those two are it's, it's not Rocket science. None right. of this is rocket science. This is basic addition and subtraction. Uh -huh. That's right. And and just so you guys know, folks, aging and aging account is anything beyond 30 days is an aging account. So if it's 60 days past due, 90 days past due, 180 days, one year past, those are all aging accounts. And the lender tend to look at the history of that. If and they, here's what they're going to do, because <laughs> if you're if you're getting a loan based on what your accounts receivable are, yeah, towards money that you're expecting to have come in, yeah, they're going to discount anything over ninety days. Mm -hmm. They're just going to write that off. So yeah. now, let's say you walked in and you had a report that said a hundred people owe you a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, whatever part of that is ninety days in, in, and and beyond, beyond. Yeah. they're going to treat that as though you're never going to get that money. Right, right, right. So now exactly. you, you're no longer borrowing based on $100,000 of potential revenue. Right. You're borrowing based on $70,000. Yeah, not at the full strength. Revenue. Again, we will have prepped you with all of that. You'll know yeah. that going in. Yeah. You will be shocked when they say, no, we're not going to, nah. we're going to <laughs> discount your agings, yeah. your receivables report to this number. We will have told you what that's going to be. See guys, these are this is good information for you to know. You're getting inside the mind of a lender here, guys. You're getting to see how they think, how they look, how they analyze the numbers, the data that you present them and that they're looking for. So you cannot you cannot hunt, uh, you cannot go fishing without understanding how the fish operate. You got to know when they come to the surface. You got to know what type of food they eat before you put it on the bait. The same thing with the bankers, guys. You got to know how the bankers think, what they're looking for, what they want to see in your business. Let me let me get this notion out there, too. As a lender, you know what I want to do every day? Loan somebody some money. Exactly. <laughs> That's the business. Yes. That they still make business. money till they're loaning somebody some money. People always right. say, Banks don't want to loan money. Yeah, yeah. they do. They yeah. just want to loan it to money they believe will yeah. pay it back. Yeah. Yeah. We want to make you present you as a person that will pay it back. Because yeah. I promise you, they want to loan money. 
Because that's, that's how they make their money, right? Those buildings that you see. Yeah, that's how they make their money. That's what those TV commercials are about. Right, yeah. exactly. Joseph, you've been absolutely awesome. Uh, how do people get in contact with you? And I think your services uh, really can help a lot of our businesses. I think we're in a position right now, especially post-COVID, making sure we are doing the best business that we can possibly do. And that means having all the resources, having mentors that can help us in that process, but eliminating the false information that we've acquired from our street uh, corner coaches <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. going to those who are, have been extremely busy <laughs> at doing and acquiring. You can put it in the, in the uh, chat. The yeah, put, it, put it in a private chat. And we'll so. move it over. Okay. Um, because it's so important, guys. We we can't afford to do mediocre business. And with the opportunities that are presenting themselves, for those of you that are in the state of California, uh, that are coming to our cities and to our, to our state, you want to be ready. And, and so we can no longer operate as mediocre businesses. We have to operate at the top of our game. Uh, 100%. Yeah. And so it's important. Coaches can help you do that. Right. Yeah. So reach out to uh, 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 Joseph and his team, especially if funding and money is your issue <laughs> and you need to understand it, all the nuances about what it takes in order to acquire a loan. I know you guys always want loans. Um, I know you always want lines of credit. Uh, as he said, uh, grants. But grants are not always are not quite as available as they used to be, not like they were three years ago. Now it's all about um, making sure that you're ready for the capital that you're seeking. One of the other things we didn't really get time to, to touch on, but I, I want to take 30 seconds and do, don't be afraid to do crowdfunding or angel investor work as well. Mm. And by crowdfunding, there are a lot of different entities, and we can help you find one, where you can raise money for your business from uh, online sources, where people, mm. you know, give you a small amount of money with the uh, promise of X amount of return. So that's one way that people can get money. Is that something um, that you guys coach on? We do coach on that. Okay. Um, angel investors is another thing where maybe you can meet someone, and I know of some nonprofits and foundations that are dedicated to the premise of helping support minority-owned businesses and woman-owned businesses, and they'll make small investments to help you get started as well. Gotcha. So there are a lot of different resources out there. You can um, do some of that work on your own. Or you can reach out to us and we'll help you. Awesome. Definitely, definitely. Awesome. And again, folks, if you're just tuning into the Business Zone, this is the Business Zone with Crystal and Gilbert. We're on every Friday from 3 to 4.30. This is an amazing podcast that we do. We consider ourselves the number one small business podcast in Southern California because we provide you resources that you don't usually come by. You know, this fine specimen of a guest that we have here, Mr. Joseph Duncan, you probably wouldn't meet him anywhere else, but look at it. He's on the business zone. He's sharing wise information with you guys. So 
if you want to get more information, you can go to our YouTube uh, channel uh, on YouTube.com and just put the Business Zone at Crystal and Gilbert in there. Or you could go to our website, www.thebusinesszonewithcrystalandgilbert.com. And you will get a host of information from us. I just put our guest's information in the chat. Uh, his, his phone number, if you want to contact him, is 800-791-3954. That's 800-791-3954. And, and because this is, this is the year that it is, we're going to put our, our links to uh, our social media in as well. Yeah, All right. I, I've just added that in and uh, oh, thank you. And yeah. uh, over there, and then I'll put your rest of your because I it, it, I think it only took so much of it. So it's uh, J, uh, J Duncan at Assured Consultants, right? Yes, yes, the or just Assured Consultants? No, just Assured Consultants. Okay, uh, and we, we also want to thank our viewers that were viewing and watching this show right now. We got Black Business Los Angeles Online. That's a black biz there, Mr. Fernando. We want to thank you for watching and being a loyal viewer and subscriber to us. I also want to thank my, um, let me get this right. Let me get this right. I want to, this thing is sliding away from me here. Real oh, rocks. there we go. My Real Estate Rocks with Care. want to thank you. Put your name in the chat also so we can send a shout out to you, okay? And actually, Gilbert, you need to reach out to him because he just made our 500 subscriber. Oh, right. <laughs> hey, man, see? My Real Estate Rock. Look at that. This is your lucky day. And now I'm going to gift you my platform so you'll have a back office platform that will have all your document and uh, all your documents stored and you have access to contracts, procurement opportunities, and also grants. Look at that. Look at that. So I just put my number in the chat. My number is 888-882-1168. That's 888-882-1168. And I'm Coach Gilbert Buchanan. Reach out to me so I can give you, I can gift to your platform. And also, we'll do an assessment on your business to see what type of additional services you may need to help grow your business and provide you with contract opportunities. Man, this is amazing. We also want to thank Pat, Miss Pat Langford, one of our amazing subscriber and supporter on this program, Miss Karen A. Clark. Thank you for tuning in and watching this program as well. And uh, let's see who else we miss. Who else did we miss, Crystal? Oh, Mr. Greg Sneed. Mr. Greg Sneed. <laughs> our, our, our field correspondent. Our field correspondent, Mr. Greg Sneed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Joseph, for being a guest. You just dropped so many amazing nuggets uh, oh, for yes. our for our, for our uh, audience and we do thank you but those of you go over to our youtube channel hit that subscribe button actually those of you that usually watch us on facebook for whatever reason we weren't not connected today so you actually had to come over here to uh, the, uh to youtube to check us out but you i will be posting uh this show on facebook uh this evening so that you can actually get it i don't know what's going on me and uh mega mega uh wherever they call it over here uh we're having some issues thinking that we didn't <laughs> uh, 
uh infringement um copyright infringement so uh, i just noticed that yes who, who, who's saying that who's saying that uh meta <laughs> meta they claim they claim that there is copyright infringement yeah i told him i said we got six over 60 years of experience here dude you're gonna have to prove to us what was copywritten <laughs> really really they're saying that we we copyright infringed on their their stuff no, they're saying about an ad, but I don't run ads on Facebook, so I know that's a bunch of beat uh, malarkey. So anyway, I'll deal with that. <laughs> so anyway, guys, make sure next week you come back. Uh, actually, next week is the first week, uh, the first uh, Friday in October. So Gilbert and I will be doing a class in session. We haven't figured out what it's going to be yet, but that'll that's be right. that. Anyone else that wants to be a guest on the business zone, just reach out to us at our uh, email and we will reach out to you with the subscription. You too can come here and talk about your expertise on how you can add value to our small business community. Uh, we do thank you, Joseph. You've been absolutely amazing. I think you even went a little bit of beyond when you were on the community <laughs> briefing, but then we had a little bit more time over here. <laughs> See, I like it when small business come on this show as a guest because then they're in the raw environment. They provide us some raw skills and talents. That's what we want to see here. See, when we saw, when we saw Mr. Joseph on the, the community briefing, he, he was all nice and proper and, you know, not telling us the real deal. He told us the real deal today. That's what we wanted. Well, thank you. Right. I was glad to be here. And we, this we is so great, man. We want you to come back anytime you want. Just remember that. You know, this platform is your platform too, man. So let us know. Yes, yeah. yes. All right. We're gonna sign out and everybody can go off and have a great weekend. Be safe and be safe out there, guys. We still are in a pandemic, it appears. So make sure you if you're in big crowds, mask up or at least uh Avoid big crowds. I don't know how you want to do it, but whichever way, be safe. <laughs> <laughs> and we will uh, sign off uh, this afternoon. And um, we, again, have a fantastic weekend. And we'll see you again next Friday at the same time, 3 o'clock, at the same Bat Channels. Hopefully, we'll have Facebook and Book back on place. But if not, that's all right. We got the main ones, uh, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, and uh, Twitter. <laughs> so we'll see you. Gilbert, you want to take us on out? Oh, yeah. As a small biz pro, I saw we roll. Using procurement, program, and control. As a small biz pro, I saw we grow. Using procurement, program, and control. I'm a business man, yes I'm an entrepreneur